Love you to. Good morning. Wow. Good morning. So, um, is anyone hot, cold, hot? Can we put the spinny things on with the, the fear of blowing you all away? Um, just, I don't know, just to um, cool us down. So, yeah. Um, welcome. Um, about you, but a few weeks ago I was um, very hot and I didn't have spinny things in the car, um, but extremely hot. And I was listening to the radio um, while traveling home, and um, for some reason I was listening to um, Radio 4 and Gardener's Question Time. Don't ask me why I was listening to Garden Question Time because I, the garden and the, and the plants in the garden are not my department, okay? They're Alison's department, and um, they're her love and joy. I, I, I have a wheelbarrow and I move things around the garden, but I don't grow things in the garden. So that's not my department. But on this, on this, um, this morning, it was quite interesting about how I heard a lady saying, they bring their questions to this panel in Gardener's Question Time. And she asked a question saying, why doesn't my hazel grow hazelnuts? And one of the first panelists that came back and said, well, are you sure it's a hazel? <laughs> and she was like, well, um, it was on the label when I brought it. And, uh, and so they got in a big discussion about how, you know, hazels grow. All the and then suddenly at the end of it, they worked out the best thing to do was to pile a whole load of manure around it, leave it for a year and see what you get next year. So it's quite interesting. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, how biblical is that advice to leave it? Do you know, in, it says this in Luke 13. So in Luke 13, it says, um, then he told a parable. This is Jesus telling a parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went back to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? And sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. There you go. They said that on Gardner's Question Time. That's amazing, isn't it? So, so the lady, if she saw the label on it when she brought it, she ought to really make sure it's a real hazel, hadn't she, if she wants hazelnuts. How amazing is that? So um, today we're going to look at fruit and being fruitful. And I don't know about you, what that means to you. We've looked at different fruits in the last two weeks or so and actually being fruitful in our lives. And what is it God's called us to be as his children? But Jesus spoke in parables to teach truths about the kingdom of God. And that was one parable. And here, this parable, he was warning God's children to not look at other people other people, and, and say they're worse sinners than us because they don't quite believe what we believe. And actually, you know, we're better than them. God, Jesus was saying, you know, be careful about your own lives. Don't judge other people. You know, you need to think about your fruit and how you're bearing it. That's what he was doing. It was a warning to live in repentance. What Jesus was saying, live in repentance. See, living in manure as a tree, a hazel tree, can be good or bad. It depends on your perspective, really. <laughs> I remember a lorry load of pig's manure being delivered on our family drive when I was younger. And um, I think the only person who was happy about it seemed to be my dad, because he could see the veg and the fruit coming out of this thing. But the rest of us were just completely embarrassed. You could smell it 100 meters away. And, and we were just ashamed at being like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're the family who've had pigs delivered. Yeah, pigs. But my dad was delighted at this. It all depends on perspective. The manure is like Jesus is saying, repent. Don't live a life where you think you're above yourself. 
And it can be like good or bad to live in repentance and what that looks like in your life. Some people can say, oh, oh that just, uh. but for those who live in it and it's doing us good, there's nothing like living in a lifestyle of living in repentance, knowing our place before a living God and actually following his ways. That can bring complete joy to us. It all depends on perspective. So what is our fruit to be? Do you know, we're known by our fruit. In Matthew 7, it says that you will recognize them by their fruits. So there are warnings. So what, if our, what, what is our fruit to be? There are, well, there's warnings against the lack of producing fruit. We've had one parable just then. But the poor fig tree gets much attention in the Bible. Poor thing. In Matthew 21, it says, Now, early in the morning, Jesus is going back to the temple, and he's up early. There's no drive throughs but he's hungry, and he's going down the road. Did he see a modern-day drive through No, he sees a fig tree. <laughs> now, early in the morning, he returned to the city, and he was hungry. And noticing a fig tree by the road, he went to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, never again will, you, will there be any fruit from you. The fig tree withered at once. And when the disciples saw it, they were amazed, saying, how did this fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will do what was done to this fig tree. But even if you say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe it, you will receive. So I always thought Jesus was being really unfair. A poor fig tree. And even if you read the same account in the Gospel of Mark, it says, Mark says, it wasn't even in the season for figs. So Jesus was going to the fig tree out of the season for figs and saying, you've got no figs, you are going to... You know, how awful for God's blessing to come off a tree and, and for the tree to wither up. But on closer looking at what fruitfulness means for fruit, for um, fig trees, it's a bit different. See, fig trees produce fruit, the fruit that we all know, yes, in summer. That's when the fruit would be there, it'd be gorgeous and lovely. But actually, when the leaves come out, it bears small, almost insignificant little things on last year's wood. Little things, which are still fruit, but they're not much, but they're fruit. So Jesus, seeing it advertised that there were the leaves, he went straight for it because he was feeling hungry. And when he had a rummage under the leaves of this fig tree, he didn't find any. But the leaves were there. There should be some. So he said, I know you're barren. And so it was effectively false advertising by the fig tree. So what does Jesus... Well, Jesus shows us in parables and even here in miracles... Don't display to the world that you're children of God if you don't produce fruit. That's what he's saying. So what is our fruit to be? We know the truth. That, well, we know fruit. I don't know what your favorite is. I think my favorite of all time is mango. It's that, yeah, exactly. I think mango, hands up if you like mango. Perfect. You're my friends. <laughs> Mangoes is just like, I just made it heavenly. Uh, but what does the Bible call fruit? What does it call fruit? Well, becoming Christ-like, like Jesus, is fruit. 
So developing a Christian character, if the goal of being like Jesus is to be like him, then everything that comes like that, every trait that you have in your life which is like Jesus, must be reflecting his character. And if it reflects his character, it is fruit. So we heard Jim preach a few weeks ago, and he raised up Galatians, didn't he, where it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Thank you. So it's fantastic that if you have these and grow in these, you are showing fruit. That's the first point, really, I want to say. But living, secondly, living a life of good works, which is characterized by good works, is fruit. So we said it before. Jim said it. I'm just going to repeat what he says. We're not talking about gifts here. We're not talking about being fantastic and gifted in something. Being the best preacher or being the best leader. We're not talking about that. We're not being the best worship leader or even the best in the office, administration. or All these are necessary for the church because they're called gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit enables people to do things. We're not talking about that, although that is for the building up of the church. And we need them, Lord. We need them. Keep them coming. But we're talking about fruit. And fruit is grown. <laughs> it's character. So it's the, it is the natural outcome of those who have been called and chosen to follow Jesus. And Peter urges us, he says in one, 2 Peter 1, for this very reason, add to your faith when you come in to know Jesus and you say, Jesus, you're my friend, you're my king, I'm going to make you Lord of my life, I'm going to follow you. He says, add to that excellence and to excellence knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, goodliness or godliness, and to godliness, brother affection, and brother affection, unselfish love. For if these things are really yours, and you and you continually and are in continually increasing, you will keep they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. They will help you be fruitful. They will. So, fruit is becoming Christ-like, is, being a, is fruit. Living a life characterized by f- good works is fruit. Thirdly, leading others to Jesus and to follow him is fruit. Paul, um, he, says in, he said to, uh, that those who came to Christ through the Apostle Paul, they were his fruit. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 16 and 15, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, you know about the household of Stephanus, that as the first fruits of Achaia, they devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. So we're saying, being Christ-like is fruit. Living a life characterized by the, work, the good works is fruit. And leading others towards Jesus, that simple thing, is fruit in our lives. And we've been doing something this morning, which is fruit. The fourth is to praise God is fruit. So the letter... Um, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 13, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, acknowledging his name. See, it's, it's what comes out of our mouths, which is Jesus going to be rummaging under our leaves, if we were fig trees, rummaging under our leaves looking for fruit. Would he find them in season and out season? You see, do we praise God when life is hard? It's been great to praise him today, but do you find it easy to praise God when you're finding life hard during the week, 
Do you put on a worship song and lift up your voice, which is your fruit to him? There's times, I mean, where things can get really painful and we find it hard. And what comes out of our mouth can actually shock us. Has anyone hit their thumb with a hammer? Well, I've hit my thumb with a hammer. And I was on the, in the house on my own. And I had a schedule to put some bits and pieces up. And I was doing some DIY. And there was this piece of metal. And there was a timber behind it I had to put up. Easy. A nail. So I get my hammer. And I hit the nail only to find in slow motion the nail drop and then the hammer continue to squash my thumb against the metal. Ow! What comes out of our mouth in pain times? <laughs> so, you know, not wanting to be one who gives up, I, my hand stops shaking after five minutes and I pick the nail up. I have an agenda. This nail is stubborn, but it is going to go through. If I hold this nail up last time and hit it, I realized that I had to hit it twice as hard to get through the metal. So as I was hitting it, I saw that stubborn nail move out the way and the hammer continue twice as hard into my thumb. Ow, ow! It really hurt. What comes out of our mouth when we're actually in pain and suffering? It's fruit. So I was a crippling wreck, but I had a schedule to go. So I had a cup of tea. I had a 20-minute break. And when my hand had stopped finishing, I thought, if it doesn't go through the metal the first time, and the second time twice as hard, I have to hit it twice, twice as hard and go through. No. I hit my thumb the third time and was a quivering wreck crying on the floor. <laughs> some things just aren't teachable to some people. <laughs> what comes out of our mouth is fruit. And... Um, it doesn't matter whether you're here today or on your own. Praise God in all circumstances. Praising God with our voices is fruit. I've noticed that what comes out of my mouth is directly related to how much time I've spent with Jesus. It's the fruit of being with him, in him. A repentant life, living in that place of repentance. Fruit and unanswered prayer. Wow. There is amazing provisions for Christians in your life. When you display fruit, God loves to unlock his presence and be amongst you when you show fruit. Right in the context of fruit, God can show his power. So Acts 16, we're nearly there in our series. No, I don't think we are. But Acts 16 in our series, we're going to get there. Do you remember the story of Paul and Silas? They were in the, the darkest, deepest, most secure, locked-up jail place, chains on. The Christians were praying for them, and yet they were down there. What were they doing? Were they grumbling about the pain because of they've been preaching about teaching about Jesus? So they were locked up. What did they, what did, what did they do? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the rest of the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly a great earthquake occurred so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors flew up, open and the bonds of all the prisoners came loose. Amazing releases of God's presence and power right in the display of their fruitfulness, which is fruit of praising God. It must have been amazing. You think about it, it must have, their praises must have echoed around the, the, the cells. And God is a pleased to display himself to those who are known to be his children because we can see the fruit. So becoming Christ-like is fruit. Living a life of good works is fruit. Leading others towards Jesus is fruit. Praising God, it's all fruit. 
One last one. Free for it's a free one for you, but it doesn't actually come free, perhaps, because it's the heart of being joyfully giving. The heart of giving money. So we read in Romans 15 where Paul was taking money. He got the loot. He got the money that had been given to, to go to Jerusalem from Macedonia and Achaia. They were, they'd given out of their love for the believers in Jerusalem. So in Romans 15 it says, now, But now I go, this is Paul, to Jerusalem to minister to the saints for, for Macedonia and Achaia have been ple or are pleased to make some contribution to the poor, the saints in Jerusalem. And later on, therefore, I have, when I have completed this and I have safely delivered this bounty to them. <laughs> I don't know what it says in your versions, but bounty is effectively sealed this fruit to them in Greek. So money and giving through love to each other and to needs is fruit from your life. Wow, do you see God at hand in those around you? Do you see God, the fruit of being in that manure, a repentant lifestyle, and loving to see, oh, it's just wonderful to be in a repentant lifestyle because I can see what it can do for me and others? Is that where you're at? The important thing is to actually know your vegetables from your fruit. I don't know about you, but when I go to the checkout till, I get a bit terrified when I look in my basket and I think, Right, I need to pay for this. And before you get the pictures up, if you've got it up, before you get the pictures up of fruit and veg or whatever, you get asked one question. Is it fruit or veg? <laughs> what do you do? So we're going to have a little, little try here. Who knows their fruit from their veg? Okay, great. Let's have a look. So let's have the first one. So fruit or veg? Veg. veg. So go. Have you another click? <laughs> click. <laughs> next one, next slide. Oh, okay. So that was fruit, actually. It was a special green tick technology, eh? Oh, okay. Right, fruit or veg? Fruit. Perfect. Here we go. Next one. Fruit or veg? It's a cucumber. Fruit? It's fruit. It is fruit. It's a green tick on the fruit. Imagine that. Use your imaginations. <laughs> okay, next one. Rhubarb. Ah, veg. I think you're ahead of me. Next one. Fruit or veg? No, it's a toy. It's neither. <laughs> you go to the next one. Mr. Potato Head is not fruit or veg. Right, next one. Olives. Fruit. Next one. Tomato. Very good. Next one. Watermelon. Fruit, fantastic. I don't think there's any more, is there? Oh, there is. A man in a banana costume. Is he fruit or veg? No, he's a man in a banana costume. Okay, so the next one. That's it. So when you see those, do you know, I got terrified until I got taught by my daughter. So you go to the checkout and you're wondering what there is and you're thinking, I'm going to be here for ages trying to find this, this fruit. Where, where is it? Is it fruit or veg? My, 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 my littlest daughter, she said, Dad, you know the seeds in them, don't you, right? Oh, okay, there's seeds. Do you know there's seeds in fruit? That's what makes fruit fruit. Is seeds in it. And uh, there you go. There's a top tip for when you're going shopping. Actually, you'll find your fruit so much quicker. Fruit has seeds in it. And the fruit that comes out of our lives has to have seeds in it. The, seed, the fruit that honors God as children of God is fruit that actually contains seeds. Seeds of what? The faith in Jesus. Seeds of faith in the gospel. 
are to be found in every good work that you have. No matter how large or how small your fruit, your good work, it has to, and how large or small, is it an avocado seed, or is it very, something very small? It has to, somewhere within it, show it has seeds to be fruit of God. Fruit that remains and fruit that honors God. Of course, it's nice to have seedless fruit. I mean, like the banana. I love bananas. But, you know, they've been developed to and increased um, to not have seeds in them so that we all like them so much. To the devastation of the seeds, watermelons and grapes, all the seeds have gone because we like them without seeds. See, no seeds in has trumped having seeds because the appeal is so nice. I mean, who wants to have... I was talking to my daughter yesterday about who wants to have a grape with a pit in it and get stuck in your teeth. And she said, what? Grapes? Grapes have pips in? <laughs> I said, yeah, they have seeds in. They, they stopped having seeds in some time. And she said, really? She's never known grapes with seeds in. That's unbelievable. We're living in a generation where fruit doesn't need to contain seeds. <laughs> look, the look and the acceptability of our good works should never trump having faith in the gospel somewhere within it. See, Matthew 7, it says, you will recognize them by their fruits. One way to recognize the children of God is to ask this question. Does their fruit have seeds in it? Does faith in the message of Jesus, the good news, the gospel, exist somewhere in their good work? No matter how small, does it exist somewhere there? There's a problem, you see, with seedless fruit. So each banana, I love bananas, I take one to work pretty much every day if I can. Each banana is a clone of, of the other because there's no seeds to grow them from. They clone them to grow them. And historically it's been a problem because if there's no seeds and problems and disaster, fungus comes, it can wipe out our wonderful loved banana. We can ne- it will never exist because they will all die out because they're cloned and there's no seeds to grow them from to start again. See, if Jesus isn't at the center of the good work, it cannot reproduce. It's not eternal. It will, not, it will remain and can be easily, it will not remain and it can be easily wiped out when devastation or disaster comes, like the banana and fungus. So the gospel is not about cloning and becoming the same as everyone. No, it's about, the gospel is about death and life. We've died with Christ. And we've been raised with him, in believing with him. Everywhere that Jesus goes, we go. So he's died. So we've been there. And he's been raised up. So we're with him. We're in him, in living in repentance and following in his teachings and who he is. So none of us will ever live the same life. Um, But we will all have the potential of producing fantastic fruit as children of God in our own lives. Why? Because God so loved us that he sent his only son, that we would be fruitful. So whether large or small, we need to see, God, come into my good work. Jesus, where are you? You've given me a passion for this. Where is it? Where is this? Where are you, Lord, in this? Jesus, I, I, I want to speak about you to my friends in my good work, my, where I am. Lord, we want to see you. Jesus, we just say before you today, we don't want to be a people of just good works for good works' sake. We want to see, Lord, your hand 
We want to see the good news take root and do all that it does in people's lives. We pray for that, Lord. Come to us and, see, and, and help us become fruitful. Amen. So what is it that you need as an environment? I'll finish with this. What environment do you need to grow the best fruit? Well, do you want warm, constantly lovely temperature? Do you think, I need to have a bedroom with a double bed in it and a big duvet. I'll grow the best fruit when everything's comfortable. When I've got the best car, got the bike that I always wanted. Then I'll grow fruit. Oh, like, God, you'll be in my life and everyone will see I'm a Christian. No, well, do you know, grapes grow fantastic when it's really hot, but also when it's really dry. You get the best grapes when it's hot and dry. No water. What? And I remember seeing once tomatoes in a... uh, Acres and acres of green, greenhouse. And they said that they'd worked out that tomatoes won't develop the same or as good as when the plants are plunged into coldness every night and then brought back into warmth in the day. So dry or repeatedly freezingly cold, that doesn't sound fair, does it? Or even the, the environment to grow best fruit. But it is. It's the best place that you can grow fruit, grapes or tomatoes. What is it that we look for? Where are we to be found in the environment that, we, that creates the best fruit in our lives? Well, I can tell you, it's not dependent on hardship or troubles of life. Okay, whether you are un, unemployed or you've got family heartaches, redundancies, sickness, the important thing is not to focus only on your problems, but to focus on Jesus, focus on God, to be fruitful. Being fruitful is not about focusing on the problems, but despite them, being in love with Jesus and seeing your fruit. Do you know, nobody wants to be in pain or difficulty, but know this, like the grape or the tomato, (laughs) know this, your greatest achievements in honoring God by being his disciples and producing fruitful lives can be during your suffering. Why? Because it's all about location. Jesus prayed for us this morning. He prayed for everyone, all believers, in John 17. It says, in John 17, the glory, Jesus says, that you gave me, Father, that you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world will know that you sent me, and that you have loved me, and loved them, just as you have loved me. So our position isn't lost and adrift. Jesus has brought us into a relationship with his Father. The Father loves the Son, and Jesus loves us. He's brought us into an environment of God, into the relationship of God himself. And that's the good news. That as we are loved within the Trinity itself, with the same effect. It says that God loves you like he loves his son. That's just wonderful that you are in that secure place, that no matter what happens around you, you can know that and so find fruitfulness in your life. It's news that we hold on to, good, good news, the news of the gospel. And fruit in our lives should in time reproduce in others.
That's what fruit does. It does best in manure, a repentant life, choosing to follow Jesus in his way. Fruit gets eaten, and the seeds grow new plants. The kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. Amen. Can we have the band up, please? That'd be fantastic. Wow. So let's just finish off. I want to finish off with reading some of Jesus' words, and we'll worship. John 15, it says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one who, who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you these things, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that one, the one, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because the slave does not understand what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit. Fruit that remains. So that whatever you ask in the father's name, he will give you. This I command you, love one another.